with Rich Hal and Colin Blue. And how are we doing? Doing good. We're good. We're good. Awesome. So we're bringing you episode 25, and we're really excited to be here tonight. And we're coming off a big win by the Preds over the Stars. But wow, they really, really put us through, put us through the adrenaline rush there. Which is that anything new with this team at this point? Not, not like that. I mean, I'm happy with the outcome, but man, it was like yeah, I, I felt like like, the whole time it was too good to be true. I was telling, yeah. I was telling my wife, I was like, they could definitely lose this when they started yeah. scoring a couple of goals, and she was like. Have a little faith. And I'm like, just trust me. Something's going to happen. They, they they can't just win straight out and give everybody – without giving everybody a heart attack. I, I even tweeted out, 3-0 might be the new dang, most dangerous lead in hockey, so we got to avoid yeah, that. Exactly. F- well, finding faith in this Preds team right now is hard to come by. So, um, But they did. Hey, they held, they held it together, and they did figure yep. out a way to get the win. So on tap for episode 25 tonight, we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars game. And how crazy that game was. A lot of different noteworthy things happened in that game. So we're going to talk about that, get our thought. We're going to go around the horn and talk about our thoughts about that game as the press got that win. We're going to talk about all this talk about John Hines. The the fire is getting hotter and hotter when it comes to his hot seat. A lot of people, it's hard to find someone who doesn't want John Hines out right now. So we're going to talk about whether it's fair or foul. We're going to, we're going to talk about if that's a bad idea to, to be letting him go in the middle of the season, should we give him the rest of the season or are we done and it's time to just cut our losses? And then we're going to talk about Ellie Tolvanen, which is one of the biggest bright spots on this team by far this season. He has emerged into what we think could be a future star of this team and a team going through a rebuild you need these future stars. And so Ellie Tolvanen is – he's a rock, He's on a rocket right now. He's just jumping – he's shooting through and just taking everyone by, by storm. And so uh, we're going to talk about him. We're going to end the show because, hey, we got to help everyone out with some of these shows we, we should be binge watching. And sometimes when you get on these uh, streaming platforms, it feels like a full-time job. You're like – God, I gotta, I gotta watch my shows. I gotta get caught up on all my shows. I need a new show yeah. to binge watch. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of talk about what shows we're binge watching. But again, this is the Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode twenty-five with Chad Mitten, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen. We are presented by DraftKings, and we are going into March Madness. We're already in March. Everyone loves March Madness, and so DraftKings has a really awesome deal for all their new. Uh, new users and new uh, people who are signing up. And we got the conference basketball tournaments already going on right now in college basketball. And everyone loves picking an underdog. It's it's fun to, to pick an underdog, underdog and ride that underdog. We fill out our brackets every March, and we hope that, uh, that those underdogs hit. And so DraftKings has an awesome deal for you right now where you can download their top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN when you sign up. And you can all you got to do is bet $4, and you can win $256 if the underdog, if you're choosing, pulls off the upset. Pretty pretty small bet there. $4 turned into $256. Pick the underdog if you're choosing uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And so, yeah, co- uh, college basketball is in full force with the March Madness. So go pick those underdogs out there and win you a little bit of money with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So let's dive right into episode 25, and let's get into this Preds win over the Dallas Stars. And the first thing I can really say is we all expected them to lose, which is sad. <laughs> there <laughs> sad was always, to say. Yeah. There's always a little hope. There's always a little bit, but, you know. It's the Dallas I mean, Stars. So it's 3-0, and you're past the midway point of the third period. The Preds are still winning 3-0. They're dominating the momentum of the game. You're feeling really good about yourself, and then the Stars just start chipping away. Honestly, what kind of gave me pause, though, and really what gave me like that first like inclination of, like, maybe we aren't quite as in this as I thought we are, is the shots on goal. Like We were so mm-hmm. much lower in shots on goal versus them. And I was like, there's going to be some evening out here because we've gotten some good goals. I mean – you know, totally getting the power play goal and stuff like that happening was awesome to see. But it was like we are we're we're getting outshot. Our offense is not you know we're getting played around in circles in terms of offense. So kind of gave me my first warning sign of like okay they might come back into this. We got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Then, they they just spent a lot of time you know defending the puck. And if it wasn't for for Rene, it would have been way yeah, over. Yeah, Rene saved everything in that. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah, the Preds finished with only twenty shots on goal but still got uh, th- uh, three goals on the Dallas Stars uh, goaltender, uh, Ottinger, who is a little bit of an unknown commodity, but uh, he was starting in place of Kadobin. And so um, they were – hey, you, you really can't blame Ottinger for, for the goals he gave up. Uh, we're going to get into it later with Ellie Tolvanen for a whole segment. But that goal that Ellie Tolvanen scored, mm. no goaltender stopping that. I'm sorry. You don't want to stand in front of that heater. I mean, that was, like, just crazy. We're going to get into that more later in the show. But, uh, but yeah, so the Preds, they only got 20 shots on goal. It was a really crazy game. Like, it was like the Preds felt like they were in control. They were controlling what I saw early on in the game and definitely going into the second period is they were really – they just felt like they had the momentum. They might not have been getting the shots on goal, from, but from what I'm seeing, they were matching the physical physical part of the game. They weren't backing down. They were blocking a lot of shots. They were uh, they were just making things hard on the Stars to score as well. So that's kind of what I saw around in the game. And then the Preds were just very opportunistic when they did get their good shots on goal. And so let's talk about that first goal they scored, which ended up being tipped in by uh, Granlund. But let, let's talk about this shot by Forsberg. I mean, it was a freaking rope. I mean, yeah. this thing was yeah. just like cruising. And then – Granlin gets his stick up, deflects it in. Again, another goal that is not going to get – it's another shot that's not going to get stopped. Like, these are the types of, types of goals the Preds have to score these days is these goals that a goaltender cannot – has no chance of stopping. And so that's kind of what we saw with that first goal. What, what did you guys see kind of to open up the game? Like, Rich, what did you see, like – what was different about the Preds in this game and the way they opened it compared to other games that you saw? It just seemed like when they came out, <clears throat> they were a little more. Uh, they had that intensity. We we I've probably said the word intensity like fifty times in the yeah. past month, but they came out. They looked like they were uh, like ready to play a little more, and they they jumped on the stars early. They got that early goal, which was you know I was really shocked. I was actually really shocked that they that they came out looking the way they did, and then you know they just kept it up, and that was. A little shocking, a little shocking, and it, yeah. was, it was it was a good thing. But you know, like we said, you know, 
wasn't going to last. We always had that little bit of dread, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're being conditioned. Like we're just like waiting for the wheels to fall off. Exactly. And that's and that's what it was. Yeah. So my, my shock, I mean, it was the the total you know, the the Forsberg goal. I mean, like I mean, well, I should say, I guess Granlin goal technically, but he really didn't need Granlin to help him out. And Granlin, I'm glad he got in there. I'm glad he was able to deflect it in. But that 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 puck had a destination and it was gonna make it hell or high water. But yeah, uh, you know, we've never we've never really taken like a multiple goal lead, especially in the first period. So I was like, no. yeah, 2-0. Like that's going into an intermission with a two goal lead is, is the first. uncharted waters. Period. I think uncharted waters for the Preds. <laughs> and it was great because like we were all on Twitter at the time and like everybody was happy. Yeah. Preds Twitter was just Joyful. Yeah, I don't know. There's still those naysayers out there. There were. There were. You're right. Um, I remember seeing one. Some Somebody said something like, um, oh, just to let you all know, you know, there's a bunch of people hurt for the stars, and you're not really getting them at their full strength. And I was just like, oh, come on. There's always going to be that one person. Dude, that I, mean, I mean, yeah, we got, we got injuries, too. Everybody's got yeah, injuries. Yeah, there's, there's always going to be that one person yeah. that says that. Yeah, just uh, let us have this. Going back to Gramlin, that was his first point in his last six games. So even though we feel like Gramlin's been playing pretty well and he's been doing some good things, first point in six games, that's just not going to cut it. So you, you need more production from Gramlin at this point. Uh, but he, he got that goal. He deflected it in. It was per, it was a perfect deflection. Whether it was the product of good luck or not, his stick was in the right place and it deflected in. Goaltender had no chance. And then let's talk about that uh, Cal Yarncroft goal where – it was like it was just like a sloppy mess in front of the net, and it for me that goal was a product of the Preds being aggressive. They weren't caught flat-footed. They were crashing the net. They were all involved in the play, and Yarkrock just happened to be there, and he slapped it in. Uh, a little noteworthy thing on that scoring note: we all thought Rim Pitlick got his first career NHL point, and then the official scoring got changed, and they. Ruled it as an unassisted goal for Young Pro. So, um, but still, that was a product of the Preds crashing the net. They're 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 moving in on the net. They're being aggressive, which is what we don't see enough of from this team. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, like even if he didn't get the point, I mean, Rim Pelic had a great game too. He all, yep. you know, with with his time on the ice, it was kind of limited to an extent. But when he was on the ice, mm-hmm. he was creating, he's producing. You can see that speed. That that's that's fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be a fun yes. watch. Um, but yeah. there's a lot of optimism to be seen with him playing. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we've been clamoring for of like just put bodies towards the net. The goals don't have to be pretty. We'll get we'll take them ugly, just yeah. get the goals. I mean, because we right. have so many times where we're circling the perimeter, nobody down front, and you get someone like you know Victor Arvidsson shooting 25 feet out, nobody's there to get the rebound. The other night, the only reason that we got you know the goal off of him was because someone was there, and so it's like. Put some bodies. We know what works, especially in this division where the teams were matched up against. Put bodies in front of the net, clean up the rebounds, get them messy, but just get the points. Yeah, and what was good about that goal as well is, like, we've seen a lot of the shots that have been close in where they they haven't lifted the puck and they've hit them right into the pads or they'll shoot it right at the goaltender's chest or whatever. Yarkrook actually, like, lifted the puck and put it in the top corner. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly where to put it, and that was yeah. – that, that was refreshing to see because sometimes we've like Victor Arvidsson, for example, you know, we've seen him shoot it straight into the goaltender's chest and we're like, yeah, I know it's hard, but <laughs> like he, he did what I'd wish Ryan Johansson would have done the shootout. If he's got some elevation, but yeah, it exactly. is what it is with the, <laughs> yeah. uh, with the exception of Phil Forsberg, Ellie Tolvanen, Kelly Yarncroke and Roman Yossi, really this team doesn't have flashy goal scorers. Mm-hmm. We have to be a team that works in the dirty areas 
that scores those ugly goals, maybe scores those fortunate quote unquote goals where something gets deflected, something gets, you know, ski ramped in by, by accident, maybe that's, that's, that's just what this team is. We're not loaded with offensive, crazy weapons, you know? And so when, when Cal Yarncroke is your second leading goal scorer on the team, nothing to take away from him. That that's kind of like, that tells you something. You know, yeah. and that's not taking anything away from Cal Yarncroke. We all love yeah. him, but he's second on the team in goals with six right now. And uh, and then you look at you look at the team leaderboard when it comes to points, and it's like a huge gap after Philip Forsberg. Yeah. You know, like Granlin's got ten points on the season, and I think he's fourth on the team in points. I mean, that that's pretty bad. You know, yeah. And so it's you're you're kind of looking like the Preds are top heavy right now. Where they've got Forsberg lighting people up, you've got Tolvanen emerging, you've got Jan Croak definitely chipping in, but it's kind of a top-heavy team when it comes to scoring goals and producing goals. Yeah, I mean we just haven't seen. I think it's offense in general. It's like we haven't seen consistency at the level we need to see it in terms of mm-hmm. people who can create. Because if it's not Forsberg on the ice, like it's kind of like a who's going to create the offense and what does it look like? And yep. when you see it, it's stagnant. It's slow. We're kind of getting back to those habits of perimeter passing instead of just trying, you know, to get shots on goal. And we, I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are. Like we know when we get to about a certain point of shots on goal, we can we're going to get some points. We're going to and we're going to win some games. I mean, I think it was like the number, the magic number is thirty-two for the Preds. If they score or they shoot thirty-two shots on goal, they're more likely to win a game by I think like sixty-five percent or something. I've checked the numbers on it, but I'm pretty sure that's the number I saw. And it's like we know that, and yet at the same time, we're 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 selling for these perimeter passes that get broken up in, and either, you know, kicked out of the offensive zone or we get we just get pummeled in that neutral zone. I mean, gosh, our neutral zone transitions are just brutal just to mm-hmm. watch. Um, but we have to do – it doesn't even have to be flashy. We just need to show some aggression in terms of offense. and We haven't seen it. I think they play timid and scared in a lot of ways. Um, and the conservative offense, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, Barry Trotz back in the day when there was conservative offense because they leaned on the defense. I mean, the defense, the forecheck was going to put you on the offensive side of things. And so – that was that was more aggressive in a sense than what this is. This is just timid, scared offense. This isn't conservative. It just feels like we're just not we're not ready. We're not willing to embrace the challenge of trying to score a goal. So I gotta I gotta pose this question to you all. Um, and I want to get your thoughts. So is this is this win more a product of how bad the stars might be, or is it a product of the Preds actually really stepped up to the occasion? And got a really big win against a quality team. I, it's a, it's a. I think it's one of those games. I hate to, I hate to, you know, kind of like give the coach speak of like everybody has an off night. Um, you know, the goalie is a rookie, so I'll give him that. And they were missing guys like Radulov and a few other guys, and so I'll give Sagan. him that. But Sagan's the big yeah, one Sagan. they've been missing all season. Yeah, so, but I mean, we we're we're missing. I mean, granted, our team hasn't really had a bunch of contributors. But we're still missing, you know, Duchesne, Ryan Ellis, and those guys. So it's like, you know, they every everybody fights their injuries. That's just part of the game, and I think that kind of shows where they are in terms of depth. Um, I feel like we have a bunch of mediocre players, whereas they have some really good players, and then some players that are just okay. Uh, and so it kind of, kind of, the, the things kind of evened out in, for a little bit. And so we'll see if we get them back here in the you know, next couple of weeks and they don't get their guys back. I think we play you know, pretty even when those guys are taken out of it as far as X factors go. But um, I mean, there's a reason they came back. There's a reason that, and we can't blame it all on the refs. I know that that, that third goal that, you know, they got in the power play, there was some crap there. You know, we also got a bloody jersey for a reason, but 
the end of the day, like you can't put yourself in a position where refs should affect the outcome of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And the two other goals before that did not help us do us any favors. So um, I'm kind of in that place where it's like, you know, yeah, it's good to get a win, but, and we want, we want to think that's all us, but at the same time, like we have some flaws that are still showing in terms of bad habits and a bunch of other things. Yeah. I definitely don't want to call it a, a fluke, I guess, but yeah. if it was like we said earlier, if it wouldn't have been for Rene, I mean, the game would have been over because there that was stick save, that, that stick save he made where he swore oh, on midair. That was so amazing. Well, he had he had the the one breakaway. Jamie Ben had a breakaway and he stopped yep. him, and then Pavelski had one and he stopped him cold. Normally, that probably would have been two, you know, two goals right there. But he was sharp. How, how many more games? How many more games can can Rene keep that up? You know what I mean? Like, and, and he wasn't fresh either. Do yeah. what? He wasn't fresh either. He was coming off from back to back. So yeah. So yeah. and then our, our next option is Casimir Cascasuo, who hasn't played yet. So like how many more can we ride? Which is kind of <laughs> well, see that that kind of surprised me. I thought for sure we'd see Cascasuo in one of these games, yeah. either against Florida or against Dallas, because you know that that brings up a really interesting point there. I mean, how much more can you really ride Pecorine at this point? You gotta give him some rest, like because I feel like if they keep riding him like they are before Soros gets back, he's going to lay out a dud. There's going to be a yeah. game where it's just a snowball effect and the Preds get blown out 6-1, 7-1. I, I feel that coming. I know that sounds negative. And yeah, I, well, I'm one of the biggest Pecorine fans no, you will ever meet. But you you got to give this guy a break. You know, like, I mean, yeah. and I he's, the game he's was. locked in. Well, I forget what the game was. A couple of games ago, where we were we were down. I think it was it was the Florida game, wasn't it? Where we almost yep. came back. And I thought, okay, third period, like he's allowed. What was it? Four goals. They're gonna pull him. They didn't pull him. And I mean, Pekka's built different. I think he's from a different. I wouldn't. I don't want to say a different era, but kind of is because like he's on the back end of his career. And when he first started, like you didn't see goalie rotations like you do nowadays in the NHL, where guys are getting swapped in for rest and getting some you know, different rest periods. Um, he, he was a, an all, you know, every night kind of goaltender. Occasionally we get a spell here and there, but he, he didn't really see much rest often. So I think that he's kind of, it's in his pedigree to be able to play in those games and, you know, even back to backs. Do you want him to do that, especially at his age? I'm not saying he's like, you know, a withered old man, but at the same time, like, you want to preserve him so he can be sharp. But I, it is kind of concerning because it's like, okay, then what are we, what's the purpose of Cascasuo than an emergency goalie? Because he's been in our system for a long time, he's played for, you know, the AHL for a long time. Like he's got experience. He's more experienced, honestly, than Connor Ingram. Connor Ingram just has more of the talent from what we see, but we don't know because we've never seen Costasio in an NHL game. And so it's kind of like, yeah. eventually, we kind of have to we have to think about that because also the more you play Pekka, the more you know risky he is for an injury. You don't want that to happen because no. uh, then at that point, if you know if UC isn't back yet. It's the Cascasuo show. So he's got to have some experience. Yeah. I'd rather have him have it before with, you know, Pecorino backing him up and he can come into the game if he needs to, then to just throw him to the wolves and not have a backup plan. Yeah. Unless they're expecting Saros to be back like tomorrow or the next game. And he might I, would, I would definitely see Cascasuo getting to play. He, he they, they got to let him play. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I mean, so the Preds don't have any, the Preds don't have any back to backs this week. Like they have a day no, off between okay. games. So it might be a little bit before we actually see Cascasuo. If they yeah, really maybe. do want to just stick with Rene throughout all this, that's a lot of starts to ask Rene to take, though, even if it's especially not back against, back. Especially against who they're playing. But it's kind of 
it's kind of interesting. The Preds actually don't have a back-to-back the rest of the month. They have days off in between games the rest of the month. I so that's kind of it's a little, yeah. it's kind of a sad, interesting side note there to how much are they going to ride Pecorine until UC Soros is back? You have to really wonder that. I wouldn't be against it, though. If Cas- if they announced Cascasuo as the starter on Tuesday against Carolina, I- I'm not mm-hmm. against it. And it- 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 You live with the results. It might he-, he might get completely blasted away against a team like Carolina. Maybe the Reds feel like, okay, we don't want to throw him out there against a team like Carolina. And maybe they put Rene out there again. I don't know. It's a tricky situation mm-hmm. to maneuver around. Here's how I feel about it. Oh, well, I-, I was going to say – we always say two points is two points, right? I hate to be negative, but zero points is zero points the same way two points is two points. If we feel like we're we're in this place where we're just we're struggling and we know that we're not we might not get two points anyways against Carolina, let Cascasuo fail so we can learn because that's gonna help yep. us more in the long term, long long run. He needs to get some experience. Um, you know, and who knows, maybe we do play well in front of him and we get some we get some points out of it, maybe we get at least one point out of it. We can you know take him to overtime, but at the very least, like get him some experience because you gotta get his feet wet eventually. Like it, yeah, even if UC was to come back, I would want Cascasio to get some NHL experience because you just never know. I mean, Carolina of all people, they know sometimes you gotta rely on that emergency right. goaltender. Weird things happen, it's a weird year, weird you know, NHL is just a weird weird league in general. You know, he needs to see some ice action at that, at that speed. Yeah, so far I think he's only played in one NHL game, and I think he was there. It was for Toronto, and his, their normal goaltender got pulled, and he got put in. And they were playing like Pittsburgh or something, and they mm-hmm. got just dusted. So yeah, that's 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 the only the only experience that he has well, so far. But I agree. Let him let him. You know, best ca- you know best case scenario if you start Cascasuo. He shows you something, and yeah, he, he gives you a reason to give him another start. And then next thing you know, suddenly you do have a backup plan if Pecorine retires or if Connor Ingram, unfortunately, doesn't come back or if UC Soros, who is a restricted free agent, doesn't come back. You've got – the goaltender situation is super dicey with the Preds right now. Sure. Rich, you wrote, you wrote, Rich wrote a really good article for Predlines.com not too long ago on that exact subject. And so um, we've also talked about it in previous episodes on this on this podcast. And so, um, yeah, so worst, worst case scenario, yeah, Castasuo gets out there. He gives up four or five goals and he gets blasted. But, you know, he's a young player and he's going to – he'll bounce back from it. But at the same time, you got you to gotta see what you got in him. I don't think you can keep yeah. starting Rene every game. I don't think that's no. reasonable. I don't. I don't no. Especially because, like, this – like, kind of going back to – kind of countering, I guess, myself here. But, you know, but back when he played, you know, back-to-back games, usually had a night off in between. Luckily, we're having that throughout the month of March. But even then, it's still like game, night off, game, night off. There's very rarely, mm-hmm. you know, two nights off between those. Um, and a 35-year-old body, just physiologically, like I said, it just doesn't hold up the same way a 25-year-old body does. So he, he's going to need some rest at some point. And if you see Saros, I mean, depending on what the upper body injury is, if it's concussion protocol, he could, he could come back this week. If it's um, truly an actual upper body injury, then, you know, it could be a little bit longer. But it's just – and I'm not a doctor. It looked more like it was concussion-related than an actual yeah. full-on, like, upper body, um, you know, type of issue. So it's going to be interesting because they just we – don't, we don't know. They don't disclose it. That's the yeah. NHL. But mm-hmm. I think it might be more concussion than anything else. Speak, speaking of Pekka, so 
he was cruising along to his 60th career shutout, possibly, and then the Preds just uh, and he was yeah, locked just, in, man. Like he was, it well, felt like he was he was cruising right along towards that. Uh, but either way, you're going to take the two points and run. Some other really noteworthy things from the game. Uh, Yarn Kroc is now second on the team with six goals. Uh, Pitlick, second career NHL game for uh, Rem Pitlick. Uh, of course, he lost that assist uh, when they rescored it. But that was his first game. His actual NHL debut was March 25th, 2019. So going back a little bit. Uh, so um, – he got 13, a little over 13 minutes of, of ice time. Had a really strong game. I was really impressed with how he handled the pressure in, in a game like that. So, good job with uh, Pitlick. How about this stat from Philip Forsberg? He's now – that's uh, last night's game against the Stars was his third straight game having uh, multi- multiple assists. So, Forsberg, you know, the story on Forsberg was always, okay, he's a he's a highlight real uh, goal scorer. But I'm really he's impressed dishing. with For- I'm really impressed with how Forsberg is getting his line mates involved this season. That's something that, yeah, we love the goals. That's all great. But this guy has become a really an all-around player this year. He's leading the team. He's leading his line mates and and dishing out these helpers. So uh, third straight game with two assists in a game. So six times overall this season he's had two assists in a game, two assists or more. So the guy is piling up the assists. He's not just scoring goals. Well, and I remember when we talked in the summer, it was like, or not the summer, but the off season, it was kind of like one of those situations where in the past, you know, with Forsberg, he makes things so finesse. And it's like, sometimes you just want to straight up go for the offense and, and go for yep. the kill shot. He's doing that. Like his game has matured since last season. I don't know what he did in the off season and what he was working on, but what it, what it manifests as is he's being more direct with his shots. He's not trying to finesse things. He's distributing the puck as well. He's being more of a, a guy that's okay with getting those assists as long as the team wins. Maybe it's a sense of urgency because of how the team's been doing, but he just looks to have more of a more of a, a smarter game to his to his play, and then he's just he's been more aggressive, and I, and I love it. And we're seeing we're seeing in the fact that he's a point per game player, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We 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 need that. That's our one. He is really our only hope. He was he also uh, Forsberg was also dominating people on NHL Twenty One. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. This dude's a gamer, man. He's. <laughs> I yeah. think that maybe that's how he perfected his game through video games. I don't know. Maybe, but, um, uh, maybe. he's definitely a, a gamer when it comes to NHL 21. For uh, with that in that regard, uh, one other last note, and we're gonna this is actually gonna perfectly take us to the next segment. Uh, uh, Ellie Tolvanen scored his fourth power play goal of the season. He leads all rookies. I saw that in the NHL yeah. power play goals right now. He leads uh, the Preds, power he? play goals. He he leads the Preds in power play goals, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, but he, he actually leads on. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But um, I mean, this guy is just on another level. So let's go ahead and, and go into our next segment of episode twenty-five of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN for all your March Madness uh, fun. Uh, bet on those underdogs out there. So let's talk about Ellie Tolvanen because he is really. I think he's getting NHL national attention right now. I don't think it's just a national thing right now. This guy. I am mesmer. I can't stop watching that goal he scored last night in slow motion. It's like yeah. the most beautiful thing you've ever seen when it comes to hockey. Like that, I mean, he just blasted. And the best part about the goal is he almost does like a mic drop. Like he, when he scores, mm-hmm. he just immediately turns around and starts skating the other direction towards the yep. bench. I'm like, it's like so like OG moment for him. It's just like, oh yeah. And I, I want to show some love to someone on Twitter who responded to us about this. 
Uh, John M on Twitter went out and said, reminds me of Ovechkin's blast from the circle, lethal. Okay, that's that that's a big comparison there. And we don't, so, get, we don't want to get too carried away. If you look at where he scored, though, they're all yeah, from that spot. He does they're go all, from that spot. Yeah, he likes that spot. The one thing that's different is when Ovechkin was his age, probably had another like 20 pounds. Maybe it was just vodka and beer, but <laughs> it, it's a different kind of – Ovechkin, don't get me wrong, Ovechkin has some serious power. For for Tolvi, it looks like it's like it's in the wrist. You watch his shot. His release is it's it's exactly it's like it's a it's surgical, but at the same time like it's so fluid and so fast and so raw that you're just like, he just shot that oh but like yeah. you could you it's just the processing power. Imagine as a goalie like how you process trying to stop that shot because you're watching the puck and as soon as it's on a stick you see a stick go from you know the ice to you know his hip and it's like how did it move that fast? I mean it's yeah. just amazing and I think I'm gonna shout out Eli Farmer he's gonna write a write up on a film study but. You watch Tolman's film. It's just he's got some yeah. skill. He so, also play, he also placed it in that top corner. Yeah, and hit the and hit the post. I know he didn't yeah. mean to do that, but you know well, it, it was a heater, man. So Definitely. when you look at when you look at the shot in slow motion, the goaltender puts his glove up after the puck is already way past him. Yeah, you can't and, stop. And that. you know how hard it is to beat. It? I know that uh, Ottinger is not like a proven. You know, I know that he didn't beat like a. You know, like a Mark Andre Fleury or our goal, established goaltender like that necessarily, but you know how hard it is to beat an NHL goaltender that bad. Yeah, and like, he's been doing it to other ones too. I mean, yeah. it's not just Andre. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it's like he had his glove up and the and the goal was already scored, and he looked yeah. behind him. It was like it was such a, a incredibly amazing goal, and it's like. Well, on top of that, his other goal, like I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember when it was. It might have been the third period. He had another shot that was outside of the power play. But Dallas has more fans probably than a lot of other NHL arenas Mm -hmm. right now. And that was still the loudest ding I've heard this season as far Mm -hmm. as when it hit the post. It was was like, I'm surprised it didn't shatter the post and just go in that way. But it it was hard. And what what made his power play goal so great was that Yossi's got waved off. And yeah. that was, you know, and then he scored it. What was like, was it 30 seconds later, if even that? Yep. And it's like, it's karma. See? Yeah, it's just that's retribution for taking that goal away, which I thought was ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. let's, throw, let's throw a little love to another one of our Twitter followers and, and uh, someone who really responds to the show and is a huge supporter of the show. Uh, Kyle Perkins tweeted oh, yeah. out a really funny graphic of, uh, of uh, Tolvanen being the chosen one wearing like this. It was the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was perfect. It was so hilarious, but so true. Like the chosen one, and so you've got Forsberg as the savior, and you've got Tolvanen, the young kid, as the chosen one. So hey, the Preds are building on something here. At least we have something. Even if the team's going to perform badly, and we, we're probably not going to make the playoffs this season, at least we have something to keep yeah. us, give us a reason to keep watching. And Ellie Tolvanen and Philip Forsberg as a duo. I'm sorry, you're yeah. going to watch every game. Put that. I've, put, I've got the graphic. Put, put them back together. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Is Forsberg and Tolan definitely need to be back together. I know he's got people out that are injured, but that's what needs to happen. Put those two together. I've definitely. got the graphic queued up here. If you want to show that to everybody, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, we're gonna add it to the stream. This is from this is from Kyle Perkins on uh, uh, Twitter. It's his graphic. We're gonna add it here. It is. Yeah, K Park eighty six. So we want to the show him some love because that's that's a that's an awesome graphic. Yeah, so um, that's, 
Thanks, Kyle should, Perkins, for putting that out there. He's the he chosen one put, for sure. I, know, I, I think it's going to be. Go ahead. It's going to be interesting to see how much more Tolvanen gets into this rookie race right now in the NHL because yeah. no one's really talking about him on a national level up until now. Like, yeah. you know, and so that goal is circulating throughout all the airwaves. And I think he's going to get plenty more opportunities to do that the rest of the season. And so, and let's talk about the Preds power play, which is suddenly top 20 in the league is performing at a great clip. Suddenly we have all this faith in the Preds power play. You would have asked me this same question two or three weeks ago. It would have been like, you're crazy, you know, but they're yeah, up to top 20 right now. It's actually turning into a strength of this team, believe it or not, is the power play. And Tolvanen's a big part of that. Who would have thought we'd be there? We're almost yeah, at, we're almost at the 50% mark. We're at number 18 yeah. now. So you gotta respect that shot of his, man. I mean, it's it's just yeah. too good. And that's what's another wanna, thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say real quick, I want to share uh, uh Alex Daugherty, uh, Alex Daugherty of A to Z Sports always shares some really in-depth awesome stats like this guy is one of the best press follows out there puts out so many good stats he put out this stat that was really interesting to me so uh when forsberg and tolvanen are not on the ice the expected goal share for the preds is at 50 percent, which is very average you know not that high when they're when forsberg and tolvanen are on the ice together it jumps up to almost 79 percent wow expected goal share so that tells you right there. That illustrates perfectly what's cooking when these two guys are on the ice together. And so yeah. it's a good thing to watch. If, if we have a reason to keep watching this Preds team, even if they don't make the playoffs, it's Forsberg and Tolvanen playing together. So that yeah. should be enough right there to tell you For, Forsberg should not go anywhere, obviously. And yeah. uh, what's awesome is you just see Tolvanen, like you can actually watch him just progress from game to game and get more comfortable. And that's mm-hmm. what – like that is that is really good news for the future of the oh, team. Oh, he's out there playing like a veteran. He's out there yeah, playing exactly. like this is no and you know how much pressure was on this guy going into the season? Yeah. Because yeah. you've got all these you got you had all these critics who were saying that he's a bust and you know he was drafted in 2017 with all this mm-hmm. hype and we get it. And he did. He had a lot of hype when he got drafted in 2017. Yeah. But you know, a lot of your casual fans, some of them don't understand that how hard it is to get into the NHL. You don't still jump yeah. in right away. Even yeah. if you do have yeah. a lot of hype, it's well, hard to so, size back then. Yeah, yeah, it's and hard so, to hockey. But he had a lot of pressure going in on him because this was kind of like a um, a uh, um, a rehearsal for him to actually make it on the NHL level for for good. And he is yeah. just taking it and knocks it out of the park. I mean, he really has. Uh, so I got a question for you. Maybe you can clarify this. If he's if he for whatever reason goes on on the because I know he's got a two way contract. If he plays a certain amount for us, is he eligible for expansion? And that's why we're trying to do the two way where he gets sent back every day. Because I know that was the original reason is that part of it's money. They pay him a lot less yeah, to have yeah. him on the taxi squad. But part of me is like, we got cap room. I, I know that you know, that cap room's not really going to carry over. So like, I kind of am in that th- school of thought of like, if it's not going to cost us an expansion, like. Pay that man his money. <laughs> he's yeah. the only reason people are watching right now. I definitely don't think he's eligible for the expansion draft. Then yeah, I'm one of those people that like I get he's on a two way contract, but yeah. give him a little something like show and show I think, the players your award. I think account. the expansion draft goes off the previous season. That makes and sense. So, and I know it's prorated this season as well, but yeah, I don't think there's he's 
in the mix for the expansion draft at all. Yeah, I think somebody put somebody put on Twitter. It was like when when they make the NHL pay, it's like his was like seven thousand three hundred dollars a day or something. But when it's AHL pay, it's like seven hundred and thirty dollars or something. And it's like, man, you guys spend seven thousand (laughs) dollars at the drop of a hat. Give the guy some money. We have we have what is it like seven? It's like. We have close to, I think, like eight million in cap space at this point, yeah. and I don't see us spending yeah. it, especially not yeah. closer to the deadline. So give the kids some money. I mean, he's earned it. He's, yes, he's, he's the reason it's fun to watch the power play again. Come on now. And of course, everyone had to clear the air early on. You know, again with your casual fans, which you know, like casual fans are still the fans who keep this team going. You know, so yeah. we're not throwing any shade at casual fans at all. Hockey's a very complicated sport. Um, but, you know, early on there was this confusion about why do they keep sending Tolvin into the taxi squad and people were getting frustrated over it. Mm-hmm. They were getting angry. Well, it's been cleared up since then. There's reasons. Yeah. It's a transaction. And so that's why you're seeing every day you get these notifications on your phone. Preds have sent these two players to the taxi squad. They swapped this guy back. to. It's a very complicated situation with these taxi squads. But that's 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 the whole reason why Tolvanen has been bouncing yeah. back and forth. He's not going anywhere. No. Tolvanen is a part of this team for the future, and hopefully it's with Forsberg for sure. And if they break Forsberg and Tolvanen up at this point, I will really you, – you want to talk about seeing some pitchforks out there. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but – so, yeah, we have a really big – we have a really, really big reason to be excited for the rest of this season. If, if for nothing else, it's to watch Tolvanen. Continue to to carry this to to carry this team in certain ways. As a technical rookie of the NHL, he is really doing some big things for this team right now. So, uh, huge shout out to Ellie Tolvanen. We love you. Love watching you. We we can't wait Definitely. to see more of those goals for the rest of the season. Let's Keep let's turn to some. <laughs> let, let's let's turn into a darker to a darker segment. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, we all know we all know what's coming here. <laughs> yep, and that's that's what's yeah. also. That's what's also all over the uh, the social media airways among Preds Twitter and Preds Facebook, and it is definitely a topic you have to talk about at this point. And that's the hot seat for John Hines. Oof. We're all gonna we're all let's all go around the room here and kind of give our thoughts on what we think is the right decision right now. And I don't know who wants to lead us off. Rich, you want to lead us off? Kind of give give yeah. us what you think is the right decision so, to make <clears throat> on this on on this right now. So I haven't done a lot of research or anything, but my gut feeling is I don't want him to be fired in the mid-season. I know it's tough, but and I know it's all a business or whatever, but the man hasn't had a full season of hockey with the Predators. I think he at least deserves that much. Now, past this season, I'm still kind of on the fence. I know a lot of people want him gone, and that people were even at Bridgestone – Yelling fire Hines while he was that's rough, leaving, man. Leaving the ice. That's, that's rough. That is, that's, Preds that's, fans that's are ruthless. Preds fans are so they are. ruthless. They absolutely. The thing are. is, like they gave Lavi. I mean, granted, Lavi and Trotsy, like eventually they called for the firing, but they gave him a lot more grace than Hines has got. They so. they did, but we also have to look at you know the team's not what it needs to be or what it should be or what we expect because we've talked about it tons. Like we've written tons of articles about it about this is what player A, B, and C need to do, and the coach needs to, you know, uh, you know, get them to play to that level, and, and they just – they still haven't. So it, it gets pinned on somebody, and it's probably getting pinned on him because, you know, you can't fire the whole team. So – but past this season, I'm still on the fence, and I know that Colin wrote a really good article <laughs> outlining 
uh, all the all the the possibilities for the future. Yeah, and I just I just don't even know about next year. I, I'd call, like call I'd it. really like to see him. I'd really like to see him succeed and 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 get one more season. But my gut feeling is it may may not happen. Colin, how about you dive into some of your candidates that you brought up? Yeah, yeah. well, I want to I want to get kind of explain my take on it too. But uh, I I want to see John Hines succeed. I just hope it's with another team and not us at this point. <laughs> that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm one of those people that is for the Fire Hines midseason, and it's for multiple reasons. And part of it, it goes into the details of like this is the micro look at it of like we've seen these bad habits that haven't been corrected, and it's not things that are just outside of like that are hard to overcome. It's things that should be easily corrected through practices. By by the time we're, you know, 20 plus games in a season, we shouldn't be seeing the same bad habits that we saw so early continue to manifest. And then also even last night, like it was great to get a win. Team discipline's lacking. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't we don't get into that position if it wasn't for having more of a disciplined team. I don't yeah. think sees the problem as a captain. And so that kind of points me in the highest direction. At the same time, like from a management perspective, you have to look at both from where you need to, the message you're sending to the, the, the players and the fans. From the fans, like you need to send a message of we don't tolerate this brand of hockey. We don't want to lose your patronage as fans and your loyalty to us as fans. And so we're going to make a move, even if it's not, you know, it's not the most ideal move. You know, they're going to make it because it needs to be made. And then from the players' perspective, like it, it kind of goes back to the whole reason that Lobby was fired because it couldn't fire the whole team. Well, it's like, okay, listen, like, we don't tolerate this. We're not going to, we're not going to let this perpetuate itself. How many more games are we going to watch where the offense is stagnant, where, where the neutral zone is terrible, where the transitions are bad, where we're taking very low percentage shots. How many more times are we going to see bad habits continue to manifest before someone says that's not okay. And then the third point for me, and I'll kind of get into the candidates here as far as who I think would be some good candidates is we've already got someone before with Heinz, like mm-hmm. as an interim option, you know, or not even as an option. We we hired him almost immediately, and that was yeah, incredibly was, frustrating. No one like, under, to this day, no one understands that. Yeah, especially they hired him when uh, Pete DeBoer was out there as well, and people were kind of like not saying that he would have been a good candidate either, but like he has took his team to a Western Conference Final. I mean, exactly. you gotta give him that. And, yeah. and they were they were in the they were in virtually statistically the, the same position we were last year. So yep. that stings a little bit. But yep. you know, for me, it, the the first one candidate wise I'm gonna get into is someone that probably should have gotten the interim chance last year, but now especially because he's not coaching right now. Carl Taylor's right there. Carl yep. Taylor's on staff. We're still paying him through the season. If we were to fire him right now, we got Carl Taylor. Let's see what we have because he's an up and coming coach and he succeeded everywhere else. Like, why not give him a chance? And if it, I'm not saying that he has to turn it around, but at least we get to see, like, okay, is that offense showing flashes? Are the young players responding to him? Because we thought him. with the assistant hires that there well, was he's the coached a lot of these younger players. Yeah. yeah. Knows like, yep. The players that we're seeing get these, get these minutes now. Carl, Carl Taylor played a role in that. Yep. And yeah. we are all ple- very pleased with what the Milwaukee Admirals did. We're very pleased with how our prospect pool is really starting to climb up the NHL rankings. You know, yeah. when you look at these prospect pool rankings, the Preds prospect pool is really starting to gain some traction. So, yeah, it's, it makes no sense to me that the Preds didn't go the interim route Yeah, in, in the first place. Like, they rushed into a higher – for for John Hines, and that's not John Hines' fault. Like no. we can't blame him. Like he get took his, the job. Get his money. Yeah, get good for money. him. Good for him. Yeah. He took the job. And so uh, we're gonna get into some more coaching candidates uh, in a second because I do want to hear some more that Colin has because he wrote a really freaking awesome article for Predlines.com that you need to go check out. Yep. Uh, that was just posted a couple days ago where he outlined a bunch of com- uh, candidates 
But also, here's something I want to throw this out there. And so, John Hines, the, the Predators under John Hines, including the Stanley Cup qualifiers, are 28 wins, 27 losses, and two uh, overtime losses or extra time losses. And so that's, you know, that's a very mediocre average record, which isn't going to cut it in Nashville. We get it. It shouldn't be good enough. No one should be pleased with that record. But at the same time, it's not like he's been an unmitigated, just horrible disaster where this team is like, you know, considering all the circumstances, considering everything that's going on, I, I'm kind of more on Rich's side on this of let, let's really see what happens because – the Preds aren't going anywhere anyway this season, no matter who is coaching them. And so I feel like we can make a better coaching hire after this season's over if we feel the need to, and and then we can make our good hire. Now, you might want to argue, well, all the good candidates might be taken by then. Like, we have to we have to get someone good now and not stay with Hines. That, that's a fair argument to have. But I, I've always been the type where I don't like midseason coaching firings. I, I really was not on board with firing LaViolette at the middle of last season, even though everyone wanted him fired. And I get, that he, lost, that. I get that he lost the locker room. I get that the team was vastly underperforming. I get all that. But I still didn't like the, the firing when it happened. And so I, I, I'm right there with Hines. I'm, I'm right there in the same moment with Hines of I'm just not ready – to make that leap just yet. But I really do like the thought of Carl Taylor as a candidate yeah. though. I, I, will, I will say, I mean, the coaching carousel for the NHL, it's always going around. It's perpetual. I think is like the energy as a bunny. Like there's always going to be coaches that need jobs. Cause that's what Heinz was. I, I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like you watch, you, know, you look at his record, his record is the same as it was in New Jersey. As far as what you expect. Well, I kind of did like a little bit of a deep dive just before uh, kind of getting into this conversation tonight. You watch his New Jersey level teams, the ones that were, just kind of um, mm-hmm. same problems. It, it's it, that's, that's what really bothers me is that we're seeing the same things that happened that got him fired before happening here as far as what's on the ice. And that's where I'm kind of like, I, that's why I'm almost in this place of like, do it now because I don't want him to like be teaching these guys any more bad habits because yeah. they're getting up there and we've seen how hard it is to break those habits. I just I almost want to get someone new in there just because it's like all right well maybe we'll break him up and get him to see like okay I should I was not learning and, and playing the game the right way and give him some new direction but uh, I can fire off some other candidates here if you guys want me to yeah go ahead and real, fire them real off quick, yeah. what, what you said though real quick before you go into that is yeah. so if they do a rebuild and we know we're going to be getting some newer players in you bring up a good point do you want him teaching these new guys these bad habits as well that's a that's no a chance. really good point you just made right there about yeah well and that's why I'm, I'm on the carl taylor train because carl taylor has been a part of their development and when he was yeah. developing them he was coach of the year and he almost won the call i mean he would have won they would have they were projected to but they would have won the yeah. caller cup you know if he had yeah. been able to finish out the season so i'd rather have someone that's a development guy like him yeah. Hines is not a development guy and he's hired some people that are around him which we can get into here in a second, but I can also dispel some of those too. But um, Heinz is not the development guy. He's not gonna. I don't want him navigating this rebuild. He's not yeah. that. He's not that guy. But the one that I gotta start out with a long shot, and I know press fans are gonna love this one. Uh, I know because I, in my heart, I want to believe it could be possible. But <laughs> I know it's coming. It's very trots. It's very trots. Don't listen. tug at my heartstrings like this, Colin. Listen, listen. It's contracts, right. contracts in the NHL for coaches are are contracts in name only. We, I've, we've seen plenty of coaches move before their contract is expired. Um, plenty of teams release them and say, go for, yeah, go for it. You want to interview with them, let them do, then let them do it. it. Stranger things have happened in the NHL. 
Is yep. it likely? Probably not. Probably one of the least likely, but it's not completely. It's not completely. You know, impossible to say. It could theoretically happen, especially if the Preds are like, "We'll give you a dump truck of money." You know, it, yep. it could. They have more money where they have more money to hire trots now than they did when they first started their team. I'll just say that part. But that's my long shot. Um, I know the hot one in, in our circles, especially with uh, Predline Predlines riders. Uh, I know that we've tweeted out a couple of uh, times ago, we need to disconnect his phone before someone else calls him. But uh, the one right now is uh, Gerard Gallant. Um, looking what he did to Vegas and basically started from scratch there. Granted, he had some more veterans uh, when they expanded than he will have in a rebuild theoretically. But he knows how to get the most of his players. I mean, they play some tough-nosed hockey, uh, and he expects a lot from his team. And so there's a lot to like about him uh, and what he's done before. So he's one of them. Uh, another one would be, uh, and this is, this is going to be the controversial one, uh, I call it Canada Chaos, and that is uh, Mike Babcock. I know he's got. I said I said in my article he's got more baggage than the Southwest Airlines flight from Nashville to Hawaii, and bags fly free. So you know there's a lot of baggage, but I you can't you can't. Could you imagine? You can, could you imagine if Babcock became the coach of the Preds? Oh my gosh, we we would have enough content to cover on Predlines.com for oh, like a month. It'd be gold. Yeah. It'd be a goldmine for us as writers. But the thing is, we know Babcock very well because he kicked our asses for a decade. So, you know, I, I hate to admit it. I mean, Grand Toronto wasn't great, but he didn't have the worst. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't think Babcock would be the right fit for this organization. I'm not all. arguing for him. I'm just saying maybe we will at least kick the tires. So let's, yeah. see what, let's see what he's learned, especially because he's been out of the game. He's been able to expand, you know, his knowledge set as far as an NHL you know, coach goes. But just saying he's, he's out there. He's, he is you know, out there. If there's any, with, okay, you look at the coaching carousel of the, the NHL. Usually guys get three chances before finally someone doesn't go back to them and go back to them and say, you know, we'll give you another chance. He's only had two chances, and one of those chances he got to stand the cup. So if mm-hmm. anybody deserves a third chance, I would say out of all the candidates, it's probably him. Um, the next one, and this one is going to feel like it might sting a little bit as well because he's from our current or one of our former entities, is, uh, he's, he's one of them that's interesting. is Mike Sullivan from the Penguins. Yeah. Um, he's got one more year on his contract, or he's actually under contract for two uh, until 2024. But the Penguins just got a new general manager and a new, uh, new. Uh, let's see, I want to say vice president. I want to say, mm-hmm. I know they got a new general manager. They have, their yeah. general manager retired or pretty much resigned pretty quickly. But they got a new guy and new, new people and pretty much in leadership all over the place in, the, in that franchise. That Mike Sullivan is not their guy, and Mike Sullivan they're very much in a win now mode, and so they might let him you know walk. And at the same time, if they, if they were to make a move and to fire him, Mike Sullivan's going to get picked up really quick. I, he's got cup oh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. He has he had success. Quick. I mean, and why not us? I mean, he he knows how powerful you know. As far as uh, well, that would be an off. But that was, I feel like if you were going to get uh, someone like him, it would come in the off season. It would. I think. I no. One hundred percent. He's not going to. The Penguins aren't going to let him go mid season. I would no, think, un- unless so, they have been eliminated from contention, they won't let him go. So you but, can kind of argue with. You can kind of argue for maybe letting Hines finishing this season out, no matter how bad it gets. Um, yeah, I'm still on that Carl Taylor train. I, I understand. I hey, <laughs> it's it's a really good argument to have. I mean, it's a good debate to have. You can make a good argument for both sides of the coin when it yeah. comes to fire Hines now. Or let him let him go at the end of the season. Um, I think we all pretty much feel like the writing is on the wall. He's probably mm-hmm. not going to be the head coach next season. Yeah, but you, I mean, I can I can see the argument for letting him finish out, especially if someone like Mike Sullivan's and you're on your radar um, and you want to get him. I mean, first they got to fire him, or he's got to be outside of his contract. But um, you know, it's, he's going to take some money too because he's had success. Yeah. I mean, let's just yeah. face it they they've been doing well. He's had a good roster, but at the same time, he's 
that roster had trouble getting out of that, out of that second round hump until he got there. So I gotta give him that. The the last one I have on my list, and this is uh, my outside the the outside the box and outside the continent, uh, is Rickard Ricard Grunberg, uh, who is uh, Philip Forsberg's countryman. So that that holds a lot of clout because Ricard Grunberg is one of the developmental teams uh, and co- helped coach national teams, especially when Philip sure. Forsberg was coming up. But his uh, his his uh, his team right now. Uh, the Swedish national teams have been excellent as far as when he got to staff and really the level of Swedish talent that we've seen in the AHL has been on the rise. Um, yep. But he, he's been really, I mean, he's been taken off as far as his team in the Switzerland's top league, uh, the way they've been able to compete for championships. And right now they're on a tear, but he, in a lot of NHL circles, it feels like when NHL is his last bastion is, you know, where he needs to prove himself as a coach. He's on a lot more radars than people realize the fans may not realize that. And especially with a name that doesn't sound familiar, but He's got the stuff. I mean, you look at the way his teams play, the way he coaches the teams, uh, and what the, you know people, what his players, um, what are, what's expected of his players, but what his players also expect from him. He he understands youth. He understands how to win. He's a very much a tactician. I I'm very much very high on Ricard Gromberg, if not for guys like maybe Gallant or giving. You heard it here first. A, a, hey everyone, you heard it here first. You heard yep. it here first from Colin Blue. There you go. So. Uh, that if that ends amazing. up happening, you can go ahead and uh, save this clip. You can save this clip right here. But hey, <laughs> what we're saying about that uh, potential coaching hire there—it's like the opposite of what we're saying about Mike Babcock, who we don't think would be a good developmental co- coach and no. wouldn't be the right fit for this team. Yeah. You want a coach that that's going to develop what we think is going to be a very, very young Predators team next season. So we're already yeah. seeing a really young team because of players on IR and stuff like that. So it's not really by choice, but next season, I think it's going to be by choice. I think the Preds are going to be a younger team for yeah. better or worse. So yeah. you want a coach that's going to develop these players and has a proven track record of developing these younger players. So, so out of all the guys you, out of all the guys you researched, not yeah. counting Carl Taylor, who is the one that has the most develop? I know he does. Who has the most developmental talent to, to development talent? Yeah, I, I would say it's got to be Grumberg. I mean, you look yeah, at his, he's with the, the Swedish national teams because yeah. he, he's been on every one of those coaching staffs for the younger teams, especially when they won the uh, the twenty uh, fourteen silver medal in Sochi. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's been with these young players this whole time, so those guys know who he is. Philip Forsberg, um, Victor Arvidsson, Cali Arnkrook, like. Yeah. They, there's familiarity there, and we've got we probably have some of the best Swedish talent in NHL on our team right now. So yeah. if we get any of those guys, they would respond yeah. to him very well. And we've got, we've got to we've got to get a players coach in this organization. I truly believe that to shift this uh, this toxic culture, maybe toxic yeah. is not the fair word, but this culture of not performing up to expectations. And and we've got to get rid of this this narrative that's surrounding this organization yeah. ever since they went to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like we we've got, and I think a players coach, a players develop developmental coach, coach, is what this team badly needs. If in fact John Hines does get fired, either during the season or at the end of the season, um, yeah. that's really what you need. I want to really quick before we round out this segment, I do want to bring up. Uh, so John Hines is right up there in all the betting circles as one of the top coaches that's going to be fired next. Wow. Number four, last time I checked. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, the Calgary Flames just fired one of their coaches. So they kind of yep. got the things going uh, by firing uh, Jeff Ward. Um, 
And then you've got the Vancouver Canucks, who you can argue the Vancouver Canucks, if anyone's following outside of the Central Division, if they've kind of been paying attention to what's going on in the All-Canada Division, the North Division. Scotia Van- North is wild. The Vancouver Canucks are probably the most, the biggest disappointment in the entire league. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. thought the Canucks were one of those next teams that were like getting ready to make a big jump. And they had just been a total disaster, way worse than the Preds, in my opinion. And so their, their coach, Travis Green, is also on there. But John Hines is considered right up there with all of them, is a very highly likely coach to get fired next on this coaching carousel in the NHL. So we're going to have to keep an eye on it for yeah. sure. But um, It's going to be yeah. interesting. But, I mean, the Canadians, they just uh, – was it the Canadians or was it the Flames? They just – I mean, they hired their guy. They hadn't they didn't even put an interim tag on him. I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah, I um, saw that. Is yeah. it Setter? I forgot who it yeah. was. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's one less thing we had to worry about, at least going through the search and possibly kicking the tires of some of those candidates. But – you know, we're going to see. I don't think Gallant gets very. I don't think it's very long for Gallant to not have a job. I think Gallant's going to yeah. get hired in this offseason for sure. Yeah. I think. So, there, I think there's going to be. I think if the Preds. Uh, I think if the Preds wait until the end of the season to fire John Hines, if in, in fact that's what ends up happening, I think there's going to be some good candidates out there as long as they're they're quick about it and they're. Uh, one thing. I, one thing I didn't say about it. It's one of those things where those are some really good candidates for teams that might be closer to contention than we are. That's why I kind of lean more towards a Gromberg because you know he's going to have to build something. It's not going to be you – know, even with a, a Sullivan, like he's never really – he's had to build some teams and, and kind of re, you know, reset a little bit after they won the Stanley Cup, but never like a full rebuild. And so I'm not even sure that he would necessarily be in successful in that situation, as good of a coach as he is. Um, that's kind of why I favor more of those guys are the developmental guys because they may not be the guys that ultimately get you the promised land, but they're going to help you get past this this chapter of where we are right now. And maybe they will. I mean, maybe they, they come into form with the team as well. But, um, you know, some of these guys, like you kind of mentioned with Babcock, like they're not ready to rebuild. I mean, even Gallant, he, yes, he built the, fran- the franchise from scratch, but at the same time, that ex- those expansion rules in the roster yeah. were very, very friendly compared to when right. Nashville expanded. And when you go through rebuild, it's very different than the expansion process. So, Maybe go, uh, as much as I like a lot, maybe he's not the answer. Maybe we go that Grumberg or Taylor route. So, do you, and would you even think that um, if it was presented to them, like if they said, "Hey, this is what we have in Nashville. This is what you're going to be getting." Do you would you like picture some of those guys saying, "I don't want any part of that," even so, though they do want a head coaching job that bad? New Jersey actually talked to Grumberg last year. Grumberg was on their radar last year when they were going through some coaching changes. I think the huge difference is the Swedish talent we have on our on our, t- our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just you know, like like I said, you look at Ekholm, you look at Yarnkark, you look at you know Arvidsson. Even maybe he can get Arvidsson back to form. But then yeah. that that big golden nugget. I swear to everything holy, if we trade him, I'm gonna be so mad. But Forsberg, right. I mean, if you tell him, hey, you can coach Philip Forsberg, who's on this point per game tear and is looking like he is on the cusp of going from great to to elite NHL talent in the prime of his career when he's about to be hopefully get a contract extension at 26. Yeah. If I'm Grumberg and that's my countryman and the talent that I'm seeing on the team is already assembled. Mm-hmm. I say, I've got something there. I can develop with that. I can work with that. Right. So I think yeah. we have more, we're more of an enticing franchise than the devils. But yeah. would you see like, like a Gallant or a Babcock being like, I don't, 
Babcock, I don't think money has anything to do with it. And then unless you pay him, unless you get a fat payday, I don't yeah. think Babcock is. Gallant, maybe. I mean, Gallant kind of yeah. – it was kind of unceremonious how he went out. Also because mm-hmm. he, he called out uh, – what was it? What, if everybody called Bruce Boudreaux, but he called uh, he called him the name before he got fired and then two weeks got replaced by him. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of wacky. He looks like a pretty tough customer too. He looks like he uh, doesn't take crap off somebody. So. He does. But, yeah. I mean, he's got he's been a hot name in the NHL right now. Yeah, an old school coach. So we uh, so we're gonna have to keep an eye on this whole coaching carousel. Uh, it does feel like John Hines's number uh, days are definitely numbered. Uh, we'll just have to see how long it lasts. Uh, we'll have to see. The Preds are going through a gauntlet here coming up in this six game stretch. They got uh, two game sets against Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida. So I think after these six games, we're gonna have a very very clear picture about this whole hashtag fire Hines because if they go out and lose all six. Or if they lose five of six, it, I mean, you want to talk about those? those it's going to get loud. It's, it's going to get really, really rocky. So uh, it already is. They won. Well, it yeah, but is. just imagine, just imagine, if, just imagine yeah. if the Preds go through this six-game stretch, getting completely embarrassed by some yeah. the top three teams in the, in the right now. This is your make-or-break six-game stretch yeah. right here. I know and we've been I, saying I, that for a while now, but. Yeah, so we went through all this with Lavalette last year, and we remember every how bad it was then. This year feels a lot worse than when yeah. they got rid of Lavalette. Yeah, it's like it's so people are way more vocal. Well, we're gonna. So you're listening to. Time, uh, I was gonna say by the time we record the next podcast, we're gonna be three games into uh, this little oh, bet right here. We're gonna find out how safe we really yeah, are. So. It's fine. Yes, yeah, let's <laughs> fill in the listeners real quick about that. So first, let's. First, before we go into our next segment, you're listening to the Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 25, brought to you by Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Get in on the March Madness action. Go bet on an underdog for $4 bet. You get $256 if your underdog wins. So we want to talk about a really we, – we got an awesome bet going on right now, and that is if the Preds win five games in a row at any point this season – we're all going to shave our beards and we're going to go full mustache, just like what Ellie Tolvanen's doing, growing his mustache out. You got Philip Forsberg's epic mustache that we all love. And He's so, um, his. I got to tell you something right now. I love my beard. It's like a part of me, <laughs> like it's like four years in the making. Wow. And so, every time the Preds win, I'm going to get a little nervous, a little more and more nervous. Right now, scale of one to 10, I'm like a two. I'm not yeah, that nervous. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm yeah, feeling pretty good right now. My beard feels very, very safe right now. I think you're good. But I, I got to tell you something. If the Preds come out and smoke Carolina tomorrow night, like let's say they go out and dominate them, I'm gonna start getting a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you might, you might say, we know how these things. We know how these things go. Yeah. Yeah. You might but, reverse jinx on Twitter. Yeah, but that would only be two wins in a row. So no. let's put the let's put our shirt up. Let's put our shirt up that we have going on that we've been. Yeah, that we have yeah. a collaboration with uh, Fang Fingers by So Nashville. We've got an awesome yeah. shirt called "Welcome to Nashville," and, and real, a portion real of quick, these well, proceeds. Okay. To, well, I'm going to add it into the stream real quick. Oh, gotcha. So there's our shirt. So a portion of the proceeds go to uh, United Way and for Christmas. Uh, the Nashville Christmas Day bombing victims, which hits home to me big time because I work in downtown Nashville. I know a lot of people personally who have been impacted by the Christmas Day uh, bombings. And so it, it goes to a great cause. It's an awesome looking shirt. 
you can't have too many Pred shirts. Trust me. Half of my closet is Pred shirts. So um, it's a great shirt. It's awesome. Thank Fingers by So Nashville. We really appreciate you collaborating with us on this. Uh, Colin, you want to elaborate a little bit on the, yeah. on the shirt, the cause? Yeah, it's a it's part of it. Says it's, it's awesome working with So Nashville and Thank Fingers by So Nashville because they're a local Nashville business, and so we love supporting local. They're printed in Nashville, like it's all it's all done there, and they've been awesome to work with to come up with this design and, and kind of put it all together. But uh, it goes to United Ways Restore the Dream Fund, which is going to benefit those. Uh, impacted by the Christmas Day bombing. Uh, and the United Way is just a great cause. They do a lot of great things around Nashville uh, to support the community in a lot of different facets. Um, and so anything we can do to help out um, with both, you know, the Christmas Day bombing it deeply affected all of us. Um, but just in general, Nashville, Nashville needs love. And, and that's what United Way does is it provides that to the community. So really excited about this. It's our first shirt. So that's always some some cool merch to look back on and say that was our first merchandise as far as uh, apparel goes. Yeah. But Really excited yeah. about Stashfield just because we, we know, like, you know, Philip Forsberg had, had his mass mustache. It's been epic. Uh, UC Saros is still growing his, I hear. Uh, and then Ellie Tolman's got his, he called it greasy, but uh, we're, we're Stashville. We're, we're going to embrace it because we need some fun things to enjoy yep. about this season. But yeah, it's a really cool shirt and looking looking forward to possible future collaborations with uh, So Nashville as well. Yep. So if I have to go full mustache, um, I got to tell you, I got a pretty bushy mustache. And if I if I if I'm full mustache, I mean it's gonna be pretty. Curl, right? It's gonna be pretty. I'm gonna be right up there with Forsberg. I don't know if it's gonna Are be. Gonna... As, I don't think it's gonna be perfectly handlebarred out like Forsberg has. Like his his handlebar is pretty spot on. But yeah. I've got my mustache game is gonna be pretty pretty strong. Like it's I it's see, pretty I, it's pretty. I bold. see you with more. I see you with more one of those ones that goes all the way down. Like, the Fu Manchu. Yeah, no, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be totally. I, I compare it to motorcycle cop. Like I'm I'm gonna be oh, like cool. the 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 eighty the 80s motorcycle cop that pulls up and 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 has the big uh big sunglasses on and and yeah. the big the big mustache. That's kind of what I'm gonna look like. I'm gonna it's gonna be kind of rough looking, honestly. But um, hey, if the Preds win five in a row, I, I will yeah. gladly do it. You'll be like yeah. super troopers. <laughs> super troopers. Yeah, you can go. You boys ever been to Mexico? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, how close are we to Halloween? I might just keep it as a Halloween costume. I'll I'll, I'll collaborate it with a Halloween costume if I have to, I guess. Um, But, uh, yeah, so awesome collaboration there. So if you you can, go out there and get one of those shirts and and help out the cause and rock rock the Welcome to Stashville. Uh, So let's go into our uh, last segment here of Episode 25. And just to end things off, we're going to go lighthearted like we always do. And everyone wants a new show to binge. Everyone wants a new show to binge watch. That is, it's, it's what people do these days. We, 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 we find a good show on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever streaming platforms you use. And so we are here to offer some new shows out there. But let me, let me before we really dive into it, I got to put something out there. I am the worst when it comes to being out of the loop on some of these shows. Like everyone will be talking about these shows on the chat rooms and I'm like, like Game of Thrones was one of them where like people could not get enough of it. And I'm like, guys, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've and never watched one episode of that. So, don't so I'm, always, oh, man. I'm always, I'm always the guy that goes back and binge watches it like two or three years later. And it's like, it's already old news at that point. But then I'm the one that, I did that with breaking bad. Breaking bad was one of those oh. where I went back and watched it way later and was just like hooked. Now that's and a good so, one. Yeah. So break but I'm sure a lot of people have probably already seen Breaking Bad. I've got a good one on Netflix that I think if you're into like the kind of like the crime drama, 
and and, because I'm into the crime shows, like anything that's considered crime drama and like goes into like that type of stuff. uh, Everyone needs to check out Ozark. And I know Ozark's been out for a couple seasons, but I I meet people all the time that still haven't watched it. And Ozark is a really easy show to binge. And you would set aside some time because I promise you, you're going to watch one episode. It's one of those shows where you watch the first episode and it's, it's not like a slow moving show where you have to watch three or four episodes to get into it. Episode one, you're going to be hooked. Ozark's a good one. I've been getting into Center too. Center with Jessica Biel is is it's kind of got some dark commentary to it. But if you're into that kind of stuff, uh, Center is one that I actually just started watching. And I'm like three or four episodes in, and it's it, it's a show where it has to kind of build up. But I'm into like episode four, and I'm like, all right, this show is is intense. It, it keeps you hooked. Uh, uh, Colin, what what about you, man? You got any shows that you can? Suggest I, people. I, I got a laundry list here, so it's almost one All for right. every streaming service. But one of one of Vision's a must. I think that's one everybody's been talking about. One of Vision. Mandalorian. If you haven't gotten into it, that's awesome. The season two is even better than season one. Season one was already great. Um, kind of, it, it's been around for a little bit. But if you have HBO Max, Watchmen was fantastic. Um, I'm big into comic. I'm big, I'm big into comic books. This one, you don't have to have any prior knowledge. Uh, to really enjoy no, it. So no, that's no. one of the good ones. Sad uh, when that one went away. Sad when they it, announced that that one come back. Because that was I a know. really good show. And they set it up for it. But I, I respect that they they wanted to leave it, the high note, and they were yep. respecting the creators, you know, stepping away. So I, I got to give them that. And then this one might be a little bit of left field. I'm, I will preface this. I am not a Trekkie by any means, but I really enjoyed Star Trek Discovery, and I'm really okay. enjoying uh, Picard. Picard's been excellent so Picard far. Was, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, there you good. go. You got some good suggestions there from Colin. What about you, Rich? All right. So he, yeah. So WandaVision is definitely, you got to watch that. It's a great show. If you know or care anything about Marvel, it's oh, yeah. really awesome. And it's setting up the next phase of the movies. If you watch WandaVision, you can kind of tell where things are going. Yep. So another one, like, like a Game of Thrones show is Black Sails. I don't know if anybody oh, yeah. knows that. Black Sails. Black Sails was amazing. For a while. It's a lot of seasons. It has. Yeah. It's, it's really great. But like, the com- comedy wise, like uh, what we do in the shadows is great. Oh yeah, uh, so that's a good show. the The guy who directed Thor Ragnarok, uh, Taika Waititi, he he's the producer and director of that, and it's very funny. Letter Kenny, that's another great one to watch. Letterkenny, that's, yeah, that's a good comedy. It's got some hockey in there too, so that's good. Um, then there's another one. Do what? What'd you say? I've got one of the one of the comedies, the Canadian shows, Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Uh, I was say shit, that yeah. One, yeah, I was just about to say Shit's Creek. That's well, watched, actually, yeah. so I haven't started watching Shit's Creek yet. That's it's kind of awesome. Like, we just started. That's, that's on my that's on my list of like, okay, if I'm yeah. gonna start a new show, it's probably gonna be Shit's Creek. It's yeah, easy because so it's like 25 minute episodes, so you get yeah. them really yeah. quick. Uh, awesome. You get that instant gratification. You don't gotta invest too much into it. It just gives yeah. you that like quick like. Yeah, I've heard good things about Shit's Creek. So yeah, it's really um, good. if you're yeah. if you're also looking for a show that's been out for a while, but one that maybe you never got into, but you need to go back to it. I'm sorry. Better Call Saul is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows ever. Like I love that show. It, yeah, it's it's just it's crazy all the different wine winding turns that show takes. So there's plenty of options out there. We there gave is. you a bunch. So if you're bored and you got to get away from a Preds game one night, yep. we gave you some shows. We gave you some. So we're doing a service to our to Preds fans tonight, mm-hmm. actually, because everything we made is good. If you wrote down all of our suggestions just now. And you've got plenty of options for the next time the Preds lay out a dud and you just can't suffer through it anymore. We're getting ready to play Carolina and Tampa Bay, so you need to have those shows on the back burner 
and you need to be ready to turn to him. We, su- we suffer through those so. games, so you don't have to. Yeah, and if you watch <laughs> right. the other yeah, we, we had no, we we have no choice. We have to watch. Yeah. So uh, we we gave you some shows to watch. If you got to turn turn your head away from the screen for a little bit and go to some Netflix or go to some yeah. one of your streaming shows. So uh, we appreciate everyone listening to episode twenty five of the Catfish on Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings in the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Mitten with Colin Bluen and Rich Howe. As always, we're going to bring you the next episode later this week as the Preds get ready to play Carolina twice, and they play Tampa Bay twice, then they play Florida twice. It's it's uh, it's make or break oh, yeah, right now. It's make or break time. Make or break time. So get ready for that. Stick around with us all season. It's going to be a lot of fun. We appreciate you following along with us on the Catfish Nights podcast. And until next time, everyone stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Be kind to one another. Uh, the world's too serious these days. Be kind to one another. We appreciate all of you. Please reach out to us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. And also on Facebook. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well at Catfish Ice. So we've, we've got some new uh, social media uh, platforms now as well on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, go check us out there. And until next time, everyone take care. See ya. Hockey fans, my name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. 